Ra 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 and <sighs> Sonal Agrawal. And Megan Dirty. And there is just um <laughs> the evolution of the language around rage is changing like every day. Every day. This is a discourse in discomfort. Um, where we are mastering getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, man. And we're also I don't know about you, Sonal, but I'm really exhausted. <laughs> I'm so I'm also like I'm just so impressed because the performative allyship, like pretending, doing doing stuff to make it look like you care, like even saying stuff like I'm really trying to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's like, no, you're not, bitch. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Did you see the thing like uh, Aunt Jemima's going to take the <laughs> the the Aunt Jemima off of Aunt Jemima yeah that that was really funny because like the onion posted that exact thing like a week ago like almost mocking all the other brands like doing shit right now and then it actually happened <laughs> which is just so funny I saw I saw somebody post a picture of the Aunt Jemima like please just defund the police yeah. please <laughs> Right, like, oh my god, white people have gone in circles to do every- They canceled Paw Patrol, they painted Black Lives Matter on every street in America, but they can't do the one thing. Wait, no, but you're joking about the cancellation of Paw Patrol. That has to be- No, that's not a joke. What? I thought that was a clever tweet. No, they canceled that, they canceled the TV show Cops, too. It's truly hilarious. Yeah. Who- Who is making these decisions? Yeah, I look, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I always and feel like the media happens before the actual, like, remember, like, what was Kevin Spacey, the fake president, got fired before the real president for being a perv? So it's always interesting to see the media follow the law, I guess. Oh, or maybe like maybe it's going to be reverse and the police are actually going to just be like disbanded. <laughs> I hope so. The whole, it's um it's also it's also amazing to feel like while everyone is scared of the police to some level. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is like the first time in the time that I've been alive that like it's not just like black people or people of color who are like weird about the police I feel like this is the first time that people have realized oh like maybe the police aren't on our side like I feel like this is the first time I'm seeing white people question it which is like or coming crazy and coming out with their stories like there's a platform now and they're coming out with their stories like oh yeah I was beaten up and assaulted by a police too so um I I actually agree with this meanwhile there's totally a blue lives matter flag up in the neighborhood in the southwest suburbs of Chicago where Ew. I'm staying right now. Indian people? Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, I mean, okay. no. No. Indian people, no. Do not they're gonna put up an American flag. I don't I don't know how they're politically posturing, but the only blue life that matters is Sonic the Hedgehog, the Smurfs. I thought um, you were going to say Krishna. I Krishna, you- yeah, him too. Uh, who else are blue people I'm missing? Um, all the, the, you know, Squirtle, uh, Bulbasaur, some, some of my favorite I was Pokemon. ready. I was like, Krishna, Jay, <laughs> Shri, Krishna. And you're like, Sonic the Hedgehog? Well, oh I don't God. believe in God, so 
doesn't matter. Oh, right. I mean, neither. They're like they're comic book. I know. Heroes. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. But I do believe Krishna in Bulbasaur. Like, I don't believe in God. No, I'm kidding. And like Krishna is low key. I mean, he's kind of a hoe, right? He's like playing a flute and stealing <laughs> women's clothes. <laughs> We like a dance, reenacting that as kids. And we're like, and then Krishna comes with his little ho-ass flute because, you know, bitches love a flute. <laughs> I have never thought of a flute <laughs> like He's... relating to anyone's <laughs> sexuality. That's hilarious. Well, I mean, I've been around some good-ass flute-playing girl, you know? Ooh, Lizzo <laughs> is the OG Krishna. No, I'm kidding. She's... There you go. Lizzo is definitely She's an incarnation, a reincarnation of Krishna. <laughs> she's a reincarnation. And Radha is Krishna's consort, and she's married. Oh, I forgot. I don't know any of this. Damn. <laughs> she's married to somebody else, and everyone's like, but she was so devoted to Krishna, like, you can be a devotional hoe, and that's, like, spiritual. It's called polyamory, that's, guys. Look it up. That's, oh, my God. And, like, um, so for those of you who don't know, which maybe many of you, tomorrow is Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. Juneteenth. And we're going to get into that. We are gonna and it's, that. like, nowadays, um, there is such an overwhelming amount of information, and I feel like I'm learning, like, a master class worth of information every week. Yeah, there's there's so much that we don't know. There's so much that none of us know. Why are why are the people who are in charge of the narratives so terrified of the truth? Well, I mean, I think if you learn the truth, um, you would be angry. You would be very like, have you ever read A People's History so of the United what? States? Yeah, oh, yes. I mean, you know, snippets back in uh, high school. Howard's in. Shout out. Yeah. I mean, I mean that was I used to hate history as a kid because I'm like, this is all so dumb. I don't care about manifest destiny, whatever. This is white people shit. I always tuned out, just learned enough for the grades. And then in college, a friend gave me that book and I actually read it. I'm rereading it now. And it's like that was the first time I woke up and I'm like, oh, this is why they don't teach history in school, because you would be angry all the time if you actually learned what happened if you actually learned like how much people worked really hard to cover up what actually happened or else you would realize that like the person you think is your enemy is not your enemy and the person that you trust is actually your enemy right which is because of people of course we would be mad at first but then it would be like you move through that and it's like okay we have overcome so much and that's also brought us to where we are and we would have to you know the people in power would then no longer be in power. That's why they have to control the narratives. I get that. But it's like, why is everybody working so hard? Because it's like, it's like when you start a relationship with somebody who ended in a, because they cheated on somebody else and the trust can never be there. Yeah. That's like every children of immigrants, I feel like, coming in. I mean, anybody who has any sort of... Because I remember reading about the... Christopher Columbus shit and social studies class in fifth grade. And I will never forget those words of like, and then Christopher Columbus got here. He was supposed to go to India. He got a little lost and there was nobody here except for these savages. And I remember yeah. that word. The like, savages. And then like Thanksgiving and Sacagawea, right? And I was like, I will never trust my hoe ass partner that is the United States because this is an abusive relationship and this is a person who's like constant gaslighting where it's like no but that that was a long ass time ago I've changed 
Yeah. And, and you also like, I mean, just over and over again, you learn that like people did every, the government did everything in their power to make sure that the Native Americans and that the black slaves and that like the, like, you know, the lower caste working class white poor people and immigrants like never could unite together. They created just enough incentives for them to, to keep those people you know, opposed to each other they, to create, they created racism to get, to fuel hatred and classism just so that all of those groups would not unite. Because if they united, they, there would be no chance that the people in power would continue to stay in power. Right. And now, and now we have like all these white people on the South side of Chicago calling them Southsiders, like from, from that show, what's it called on Netflix? Um, Oh God, you know what I'm talking about. That show that went on for seasons and seasons where it's like about a fucked up family on the South side and they're super white. They're like, Irish oh, white. um, I forget the name Shameless. of it. I never watched it. Shameless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shameless. And, and it's like, you have all these people that are like, we're Irish. And it's like, see, the thing is if you <laughs> were for real Irish. You'd be like, we've been fucked over by white people too. So mm-hmm. that is then a gateway to empathy, not a victim contest of like we're more of victims because that's kind of where we're at right it's like this victim contest victim contest is weird to me because I feel like I, I I think like obviously a lot of groups are victims of what's going on including poor people including immigrants including people of color but to me like you know, someone said this and I I stand by it, but it's like this idea of like, if you're reading leading a revolution and you're not focused on the most marginalized people, then you're not really leading a revolution, right? You're like, you're just like, you just want their support so that you'll be good, but then you're not doing that in turn for them. So it's not really a contest because it's like, there is some, there are people who are the most victimized. Like it's, like, that's already, like, it's like, if you look at, like, you know, like, poor black trans people, like, those are the most victimized. And if you're... Right, but what I'm saying is, then the empathy is cut off because it's like, no, but I suffer also. And I don't have time. That's, like, what the whole All Lives Matter thing. Oh, yeah, that, like, we're all, like, dealing with bullshit. You need to get your shit together perspective that people have. Yeah, because, right, my most recent download, I've been listening to Rachel Cargo. You know Rachel Cargo? No. She did a talk. She's a black lady who talks in an NPR voice because that's the only way. She has a TED talk, you know, and she wrote an article like how to talk to your family about racism at Thanksgiving in Harper's Bazaar, you know, and it's very like all all of us. We all have to be super duper palatable so that to accommodate white people. Yeah. And men. Yeah. Well, yes. And then whatever these product, you know, we're accommodating other people's discomfort because we don't want to make other people uncomfortable. And as soon as you know, you express any sort of emotion. And her thing is, you know, as soon as you express any emotion, then like, oh, she's a liability or whatever, you know, and oh, maybe she's on her period. And then you're not taken seriously as a human. It's constant gaslighting. And um, her thing about allyship, she's got this whole formula. Because it's it's amazing to me. There are so many metaphors going. Like, we're trying so hard to get people to care about racism. It's it's amazing. And hers was, like, 
um, action plus knowledge plus empathy. Wow. I mean, I guess some people are still at level one and I forget that. And if you're, and if, if you're not capable of feeling empathy, like, I mean, you know, you, you have to think about the context of like your situation and how you came into this country. I mean, entitlement comes from what? From being born in a place and never had to have worked for any of it. And these are the people who are like, this is my country. Get out, you N-words or you wetbacks or towel heads or whatever. And it's like, these people have never held the mirror up to themselves and been like, wait, but where do we come from? Where do we come from? And also, you know, it's this idea of like, have you ever read uh, Hillbilly Elegy? Um, no. It's a really good book, actually, about the working class whites. And it gave me a lot to think about. I read it like when Trump got elected in like in 2017. Um, but, you know, it's this, there, there's this whole belief among working class white people that even though the government is screwing them over and that they don't have, you know, jobs or resources or education, there is still this entitlement instilled in them that they are still at least better than black people, that they are still at least better than immigrants, right? And it is that entitlement that allows them from seeing themselves as completely at the bottom of the rung because they believe that there is someone beneath them and that is what gives them some level of pride. And that those are the groups of people they want to blame all their shit on and and it's like they they don't see that as racism even though it is but it's like but it's like they don't understand that those are the same groups of people that they need to work with in order to get the things that they want right like jobs or resources or whatever what was where was i going with this i don't know but like you're talking about just um your understanding of even like the hillbilly experience because yeah. you're reading of yeah it's it's book. not these like blindly racist people although they are racist they don't realize it but it's like they think that they are also the victim you know that's why they were protesting in Michigan like not because because these people aren't sitting around all day chilling like you and I are they're protesting because they don't have money for rent and food and that's why they want the government to open back up so they can work so it's like on the one hand I, I, I we look down on them because it's like how can you think you're being oppressed are you joking you're not but on the other hand it's like like the government has completely fucked them over. Like they they gave us a twelve hundred dollar check and told us to fuck off. So like if you, if, you're, if if that's all it's supposed to last you and your family for like healthcare and food and education and rent, like that's why you're protesting. And it's and I I just I feel like we're hitting like that mass that critical mass where like people are like burning stuff down and looting and protesting because like we've hit that critical mass of like we're everyone's just collectively pissed and but we're still not uniting you know we're still because that's that's what I feel like we're at the very beginning stages of something you know and and um I get really excited about it I get really excited mm -hmm. about it because it's like um white people are mad uncomfortable all the time yeah, they are. And you see the ones that are like, what's up, you know, and I'm so confident. And as soon as you're around somebody like that, you're like, oh, my God, you must be one of these two pump dudes, you know, that's like pump, pump, done. <laughs> 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 so, 
<laughs> wow, I've never heard them being called two pump dudes. That's really funny. <laughs> I I can't take credit for that. Uh, that's, you know, I hope that's something that's in the lexicon. And, you know, if it's not, I'm happy to perpetuate it because you see right through that. You know, where you see right through where it's like somebody who's overly confident, um, it feels really artificial and it feels like, wow, you've never really confronted yourself. And I'm like, you, everybody would benefit from the acknowledgement and from like a huge collective healing of of what, what has happened in the history of, of, you know, this nation and the world and the world. And of course, I mean, it's like. God damn! All this is going on, and meanwhile, the, the meanwhile the billionaires are still um, making way making money. money. <laughs> They're making so much money. Oh, making speaking of two pump money. dudes, Chris Chris D'Elia is a is a pedophile. Let's just set, get that on the record. Um, I love, we don't have I to talk about it, but like, that is. I love that that's the only way that white men are getting any airtime right now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just yesterday, I just like black Twitter talking about J. Cole and then comedy Twitter talking about Chris D'Elia. I was texting my friend. I'm like, yeah, I'm just I'm like sick of I'm sick of men. I'm sick of their entitlement and audacity and bullshitness in general. I'm so I'm so sick of them. And I'm like and I was like, I'm pretty sure the reason I have clear skin is that I haven't talked to like men for like three months. Um, it's just really good. That's skincare. <laughs> that is skincare. You okay. You don't need some thirty dollar shea butter. Okay. <laughs> you just stop talking and like Chris Lee is some like meh comedian. You know, Which is why like, everyone was so excited to cancel him, unlike Louis C.K., who people liked. <laughs> and he 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 played a pedophile on Netflix. He did he did it twice. He was all he also played a pedophile on Workaholics. I'm like, that's so funny that he made money off of being a pedophile. Cause that's oh my god. And J. Cole is a rapper. Yeah, he's a rapper. Producer. He's a rapper. He's a rapper. Mm-hmm. And um, what happened with J. Cole? He like, he, uh, something. Yeah, I'll give you the overview. You guys look it up yourself. Uh, he released a song yesterday in the middle of, you know, two pandemics, uh, racism and COVID-19, which is still going. Um, basically. Both asymptomatic. Um, both asymptomatic and both things that white people ignore. Um, called Snow on the Bluff. And it was allegedly, it was aimed at No Name, who is a Chicago rapper. Um, she's fantastic. You should listen to her. He's he's good too. Anyway, there's this whole beef between them. Um, and essentially, to whittle it down, she, she, you know, has been very outspoken about everything that's going on. And, you know, she's telling you know, black men to educate themselves because I don't know if, you know, we know there's been two black trans women who've been murdered in the past week, as well as a 19 year old black girl who rep- who was being abused by her family. And oh, she gross. like reported like every it. Every damn day. Right. And she reported it to the cops. Nothing happened. And she was murdered. So it's, it's a very, and also obviously Brianna Taylor, who's, you know, uh, the, the cops who murdered her are still free, are still not arrested, not even charged. Um, so I think collectively all of that going on, like black women feel like on top of fighting for everything, they're the only ones fighting for themselves. On top of starting the Black Lives Matter movement. On top of starting the Black Lives Matter movement, they're still consistently ignored by white women in the feminist movement and they're ignored by black men in the Black Lives Matter movement. And that's what No Name was kind of saying. Um, and she was, you know, talking about books and J. Cole basically released a song. Uh, I mean, 
I, I, I need to find the lyrics, but basically it's like, um, he's just like, and these are, these are two black people. Just yes. To make that clear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. That would be oh, so I, fucked up. <laughs> I'd be next level fucked up. Um, <laughs> well, it would be really on brand for white men. To, <laughs> it would be like kind of less surprising. It'd be like, right. But that's like what my men do, right? They are the police. And anyway. Right. So basically his, um, uh, lyrics that said, um, uh, now she's mad at the celebrities. Loki, I be thinking she's talking about me. Uh, I'm no dummy to think I'm above criticism. So when I see something that's valid, I listen, but shit, it's something about the queen's tone that's bothering me. She strikes me as somebody blessed enough to grow up in conscious environment with parents that know about the struggle for liberation. So basically he's just saying like, I agree with what she's saying and she's very intelligent, but there's something about her tone that's bothering me, which is like, so like, why would you say that to black women who are constantly stereotyped as you put know? in your journal, bro? <laughs> right. Get right. a journal, J. Right. Cole. J for journal Cole. Yeah. And and it's like, and I think <sighs> in general, black women are very rightfully so, in my opinion, pissed that on top of everything that's going on, on, on top of the people who have been murdered this week, for him to release a song telling her to like you know, like tone it down, tone it down, like say it in a nicer way is just very like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Like there's a revolution going on right now and I have to spoon feed your own, my history. Like it's such, it's, it's exactly what white people do all the time. Who did J Cole, who did him wrong? (laughs) Who? Wow. Oh my God. Oh, I actually have something really beautiful to share oh, that, what is um, it? I, I just remembered and really powerful because it's kind of because of what, everything that's happening that um, I hosted uh, a moment of mm, which is short for melanated movement magic yeah that's mm. me. I, I just came up with that mm. and um, I basically invited every black girl and brown girl every, every non-white um, hula hooper and juggler that I know to gather in the park and for like a for a mm moment for for which is more mm's and um, there were seven of us I know like there are like hundreds of I mean there's at least like I don't know eighty people in the juggling community in Chicago and I don't know how many you know thousands and thousands there are worldwide there were seven of us in the park and um, it was glorious and it was like the first time that any of us had been in a movement space that was primarily um black and brown mm-hmm. and it, it got like really deep also with like wow everybody is identified as shy but don't identify themselves as shy because that's just what happens when you're responding to an environment or communities that you don't really see yourself in, but you're trying to kind of like dip your toes into mm-hmm. because I'm a juggler and a hula hooper and a fire dancer. And it took me many years to realize like you look around and it's mainly white people. Yeah. In like everything. <laughs> but it's yeah. Mean, and it's, I mean, and this happens to me a lot where I look around and I'm like, what the hell? Like with stand up also, it's mm-hmm. like, goddamn, this is so many white dudes because who has the audacity to have the confidence to do something like hula hoop for your individual pleasure? Yeah. You know, like, that would just, that would be like perceived as like really selfish. 
Mm-hmm. I think. Where it's like, how who's are you getting paid to hulu right now? And everyone is talking about that too. How they're like, I feel like I have to create this flow and movement meditation time for myself. And um, it was inc- it was so beautiful. And I want to shout out my friend Anna who played the role of the fucking ally. Where she was like, I was like, she's like, is it okay if I come? And I'm like, Anna, you have to be there because if the cops come. You need to knock them out with your milky white boobies. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, that is my role. And it happened two times. Two times that white people are walking by and are like, what is this? What are you guys? We had signs. We had signs up that's like, joy is the resistance. And another with like the melanated movement magic. Like, that should be enough. But y'all need so much explaining. <laughs> so she actually went and spoke to these women. And we didn't have to interrupt. Because I'm always the person to be like, let me go talk to these white people because they need templates and they need, you know, Instagram. And they need like, oh, my God, it, it was it was uh, it really felt like it felt like a shift happening, you know. So that's something positive. Wow. That is. That, um, yeah. Good. Good for good for one. The one good white woman. Thank God. There's I know one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, we can all think of like, everyone has one white woman that they like, right? For me, that's Taylor Swift. For you, that's... No, I'm kidding. Anna. <laughs> <laughs> and, and because, you know, um, I don't know if, if you guys are following us on, on Instagram, but um, I, I really appreciate um, just what we do on Instagram because it's like, you know, it's, it's very kind of essential um, tools, right now and it's not just content Mm -hmm. and we had this we put up this one post that went like crazy viral about um making white people extremely uncomfortable yes shout out to devin middleton who wrote that okay every other thing on our page has like 28 to 30 likes this is up to like 1300 (laughs) (laughs) but i mean how do how do you feel about that because my fear is that they just go like Lakeview, low key, you know, um, versus like wearing MAGA hats. You know, I don't, I don't know how much that actually shifts, awakens them to take responsibility for what's going on. I feel like they're just like, oh, don't make jokes in front of Meg because she's gonna get mad. Um, I mean, I feel like people are always gonna feel that, and I think some people do do it out of fear instead of understanding. But I guess that's better than nothing um and I think it's more like I think what Devin's more trying to say is that like if if someone like makes a joke about like you know liking 10 year old girls you would be like ew what the fuck that's disgusting like you should treat race well actually maybe not maybe Chris Chris has proven that wrong but it's like Maybe um, <laughs> that you should treat racism like in the same way. You should be like, ew, gross. Like, and I do see that happening more and more. Like, if any, if anything, like, like you know, we'll be watching like a that '70s show or some like old ass '90s TV show, and it's like my brother and I are physically uncomfortable, and we can't even like watch it anymore because it's like, oh, this is like clearly racist. Um, so I think like that that training is is like a step in the right direction so i think that's what that post is trying to say is does that answer and, i mean question? just just that idea because you know how to, like you know how we i have i have a lot of like social justice warrior friends is it that's like that's like an acronym like the sjw yeah 
and um, it's 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 really exhausting being a person that cares about other oh people. Oh my god, it's so you know? exhausting. And it's really, and then it's it is um, you know, I guess my question is like, how do we call people in instead of calling them out? Because as soon as you put somebody on the defense, they're not going to be really interested in taking responsibility for themselves. We're like, this is interesting. I have an opportunity to evolve as a human. It's going to be like, excuse me? Uh, you know, because racist is a really combative word. You know, nobody wants to be, everybody wants to be like, I'm not that. Well, I, I don't know if I have an answer to that because that's like, that's something that I've been like going back and forth about for a decade. I I don't know because it's like on the one hand, I'm like, everyone has Google.com. We all have Google.com. We all have a smartphone or a laptop or access to the internet. Like you can look this shit up yourselves. If you don't want to be racist, like learn. We're, 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 I mean, we're, we're about to get into it right now of like history, like know your history. Like every day I meet an American person who doesn't know their own history. I know more about it, but than them why it's about you like you should want to know your own history like you I should be able to understand time. your own shit like what that it's the same thing with j cole like why do black women have to sit down and spoon feed why this is wrong why can't you look that shit up yourself why can't you learn your own thing like and if someone calls you racist like that's okay look we're all racist we both have internalized racism and misogyny that's just a product of how we grew up like racism in, is in some chris rock has a great great bit where he's like talking about like people talk about racism like it's this fad we went through like blue jeans or like disco music like oh yeah like lynchings that's this thing we went it's no it's not like some fad that went away and i think a lot of people see it like that it's something that still exists in okay so let, me, let me ask you a question because um, I'm going to be seeing a girlfriend of mine at a thing, and I was like, I hope it's not going to be too many white people because they're just extra nervous right now, you know, and it's like, it, and it's an empathy thing, too, where you feel, you know, and I'll say at the park gathering on the the Melanated Movement moment, every time a cop went by, I would feel that like, oh my God, but then I would relax because Anna was there. And it's, yeah. it's amazing because they really, she really doesn't, you know, y'all don't really understand the, po the power that you have, you know, to offer your bodies just to, and, and there's a nervousness because I empathize with how nervous other melanated folks feel, especially yeah. black people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, how do we invite each other into that? Because like now we got all these people who are like, oh my God, I'm reading the White Fragility book. Or, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I watched Robin D'Angelo, the person who, the white lady who wrote this book. And it's like, I got white friends that are like, wow. And even watching the video, like there was so much coming up for me and it was so uncomfortable. And I'm realizing that I have so much to explore and confront within myself. And I'm like, yeah, from watching a fucking video. That's okay. great. It's great, but like, okay, we need to not see each other for a while because like, motherfuckers are dying every day. What is it going to take for you to care? You know, because they don't yeah. feel connected to that. They don't feel connected to that because it's like, oh, well, that's happening to that demographic of people. That doesn't affect me. I'm going through my own struggles. You know, so it's like, I don't know. It's a, there's well, I think a lot. that's part of just like human nature part. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm very self-centered too. I think we all are. And I think part of the reason that we do care is because we are women of color and immigrants and we had to 
and queer and like we've had to we've had to care right but it's like how much did I know about you know the LGBTQ community until like maybe four years ago like not very much like I wasn't homophobic like in the most blatant sense but I'm sure I like perpetuated homophobic tendencies in our culture without intending to just because I'm straight and I've never had to worry about it so I think like, I mean, obviously, you know that already. I'm, I'm not repeating anything new information. I think or it's like... blind spots. You yeah. Blind spots. It's a lot easier for us to empathize because of our own struggles versus like white people who haven't had any struggles. <laughs> so I think because like... We've, yeah. we've been trying to fit ourselves into a narrative that we're not actually a part of, right? It's their narrative. So we're already coming in with some sort of outsider eyes because like, it's not that I, I love learning. It yeah. was because the trust was broken that I was then like, I don't trust these people. I never really stopped loving learning, yeah. you know, but it was like, okay, you got to, you got to find somebody who's going to give it to you on the real because it's like, it's, it's unbelievable to me. I mean, these Tulsa massacres and, and black wall street, I'm just learning about this shit now. Yeah. I didn't, you see, I didn't learn about this till college and that was like, you know, six years ago. And in um, what class? Like, what was the class? I mean, I, I so part of my major was in like learning African American studies. So I took like a few classes about it. So if I so hadn't like, like gone out of my had, way to had, take that class, I wouldn't have learned exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. If you had it, you already went through your general education. It's already higher education. And it's a class centered around that. Black history. You know, yeah. It's, it's not like adult history 101. Yeah. No. It had to be. Oh my God. I never learned about I never learned about Black Wall Street or Move or the Black Panthers or even Malcolm X or Juneteenth. I learned not, I, I mean, I took I grew up uh, the majority of my education was in uh, D.C., Maryland and Virginia, Virginia, which is like one of our first American colonies, which is like where all the like rebellions against the British happened, like in Virginia history, where our first government was established we never learned about juneteenth and slavery and any of the sh i never learned any of the shit until college until i took a specific <laughs> class on black history and that's when i was like what what this shit happened like why didn't i know about malcolm x like why did and i only learn about mlk and rosa parks as if they were like some like cartoon characters and we did learn about the civil war and we learned about it yeah. like it, it ended and we learned about like honest Lincoln. Abe, yeah. you know, as like some super glorified white dick, you know, that's like, oh, I'm sure he couldn't get more than two pumps in. Fucking look, look, Abe. Lincoln. First of all, he was gay. But anyway, uh, Lincoln. Oh, that's nice. I like him more now. But no, I mean, Lincoln ran. He has said this. Lincoln, he, there's quotes of Lincoln. He said. Break it down, Meg. He, he said. Uh, he's not he wasn't necessarily interested in ending slavery it was what his party wanted he was like i'll do what he was basically on the side of like if we need to do this for the north we'll do it if we don't we don't have to do it like he wasn't like some like incredible person that like cared about black people he did it because like that's the way that the country was moving towards and that's what his party wanted you know so he was honest yeah he was honest he didn't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> you give a fuck no one gave a fuck no one gave a fuck like that's this is what people need to understand about these like riots and stuff there were so many riots like 
throughout history. And even back then, even when the colonists were writing, people, motherfuckers still then, Thomas Paine, whatever, still wrote about, well, let's be careful with property though. Let's be careful. There was always people that are like worried about the private property and there's Let's always not burn people down Target, though. Right. And it, back then it wasn't Target. It was some like local print shop or blacksmith, whatever. Uh, but, you know, like people straight up went to these like rich people's houses and burned them down and broke them out of jail. And there and, and people were talking about how, oh, but like, what what, what are we going to accomplish? with? Pro- so there's that's always been throughout history. So what people need to understand with all these like riots is that like, there's no like nice white guy that's gonna like change his mind about racism that's gonna be like you know what like because you asked nicely we're gonna get rid of the police like that's never gonna happen and i and i saw somebody (laughs) write something was it angela davis that said there's no there is no world in which a logical logically you know um structured plan is going to appeal to the system that is oppressing you No, this entire, like, capitalism is built on exploiting poor people. It's built on exploiting black people. Like, that is literally the origin of it. Like, you can't, like, and everything, every success within it is is still perpetuating that same system. Like, there's, you're never, you are never going to convince billionaires that they should give up their money. Like, they're never going to willingly do that. It's not going to happen in ever. At no point. At no point is it going to be like, and you know what's so crazy? Like, people care about the prison industrial complex now because a white woman made a TV show on Netflix about it. What show are you talking about? Orange is the New Black. Oh, okay. But that book, that was based on a book written by a black woman, though. Right? Okay. Is it? I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. I'm pretty, I don't know. I thought that it was based on the white lady that it happened to. I thought it was like based on a true story. Oh, what yeah, you- you're right. Like, it was based on um, Piper, Piper Kerman. Piper, yeah, that's like the that's white the girl. That's the actress's name. Yeah. That's the actress's name who's playing the character of the white no, no, lady. No, no, Piper Kerman is the author and the main character's name is also that? I haven't seen. Oh yeah, they, yeah. They named her after the author. That's kind of cool. Um, that makes sense. I thought Piper Kerman is the actor. Piper, uh, the actor is Taylor Schilling. Oh, oh, you're right. They call her. The, they call her Pipes. Yeah, the homegirl from uh, that '70s show. Her girlfriend. Oh yeah, in the show yeah, 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 yeah. calls her Pipes. Okay. Yes. Wow. And yes. Okay. Because white ladies named Piper, you're gonna remember that shit. Versus like you know Beth. <laughs> or whatever you know you're like I don't, I don't know what your name yeah. is but and and um because now we can go back and it's so interesting to me because Juneteenth if you look it up you're gonna see is like it's the it's the it's Independence Day for African Americans as far as I'm concerned that's the only Independence Day July 4th is some bullshit well, actually, okay, this this is a cute, quick history lesson about Juneteenth. So Juneteenth is not the day enslaved people were freed or the day slavery ended. Um, so like Abraham Lincoln, you know, honest Abe, gay Abe, whatever you want to call him, he did he signed the Emancipation Gabe. Proclamation um, in, on January 1st, 1863. So that's two years, 1863. And then two years later in 1865, June 19th is the day's 
the Civil War ended in Texas. So so even though slavery technically ended two years before, um, especially in the South, white people still continued to own slaves because that was like the Confederacy and they were like, no, we're not listening to you guys. So slavery technically ended in January of 1863, but it like it didn't officially end till Juneteenth. Um, on I don't think I don't think it was the Civil War ended. I think it was the last slaves found out about it on June 19th, 1865, because this general rolled in. I'm not sure. Yeah. When the Civil War actually ended. But the, I mean, like people were and in terms of like slavery, they were then meant to become laborers for their enslaved the people who have held them captive you're supposed to call that your boss <laughs> yeah there's a lot of yeah i'd be like i'm good i'm going to i quit and i'm going to find some new employment because this is not a healthy well i mean and that, that was part of the problem right like slavery was abolished but there was like no system created to help the newly freed slaves on and plus they were like facing racism plus police were continuing i mean that's the whole thing of if you watch 13th the documentary on netflix it's about how you know slavery was never fully abolished because you know the prison industrial complex still exists and that's why for so long the police arrested black people for like like just standing around and loitering because then they could still get them to work because America functioned on that free slave labor. And now all of a sudden you lost it. They had to replace it with something else. Except yeah, the now economy, the yeah. economy was, you know, industries of then, okay, how do we do this without all these free ass workers that we just abuse, you know? And um, so let's just break that down real quick in case you don't want to, watch 13th on Netflix or you're like how do we build this into school curriculum because we're taught about the civil war and we're taught it ended and the slaves were freed la la it's over and everything was perfect (laughs) and everything was great in reality the war ended and these confederates were like let's not tell anyone that though (laughs) as long as possible yeah for two freaking two and a half years and we've been in like an abusive, toxic ass relationship with each other ever since then. And it's like, can you at least just take responsibility for this shit? Because my girl, Rachel Cargill, that I mentioned in the beginning, she's like, a lot of the racism that black people endure is just constant gaslighting. Where it's like J. Yeah. Cole being like, why are you so mad? Yeah, that's that's a very good way to put it. It is just constant like, oh, that didn't really happen. Or that wasn't that bad. Slavery was so long ago. Jim Crow was so long ago. It's like, no, dude, like grandparents went through that. (laughs) And Juneteenth for me was like something that black people celebrated that I had like no context for. I I didn't even know what it was until like today because we're in the middle of this shit. And I think the Donald was trying to do something. He was trying to do like a... Like a, uh, what do you call it? A rally or so? what is he trying to do? Okay, to- so he he canceled this because he's a little bitch. But um, he was going to do a rally on Juneteenth in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is... No! Yeah, which is where, you know, Black Wall Street happened. and Which bl- we're going to get into in a sec. Yeah. Yeah, which is like so fucked up. <laughs> like in, I mean, so, some white woman tweeted this, but she was like, "That's like that's like if um, Trump held a rally at the gates of Auschwitz on like Holocaust Remembrance Day. Like it's 
it's real fucked up. Like it's very, it's like they they repress history, but at the same time, they they know what they're doing. Um, and I think he realized how many people would have like rioted if he showed up there, so he bitched out, rightfully so. Um, and okay, he's no so longer now, gonna hold it there. Meg, um, what are, what are you talking about? Black Wall Street isn't Wall Street in New York with so, a bunch of like cokeheads? So Black Wall Street, um is aka the Greenwood District in the 1920s. It was known as Black Wall Street because uh, white people always had to call everything the black something or the male something. You know how Broad City was like female workaholics or insecure is like black girls. Uh, yeah, so anyway, that's why it's called Black Wall Street. But um, anyway, it, it was this district where like, because like black people weren't allowed to like, you know, enter a lot of white labor force uh, they created their own district they created their own industry uh and, and because um they couldn't compete with white businesses uh it almost created like um like its own their own economy um so that like now they had all these consumers and it was like thriving they had all these businesses black people are, black people are just so dope black people are so dope yeah like, they were okay, freaking let's, crushing let's it. be segregated yeah let's be segregated i mean literally they're like all right if you're gonna if you're gonna exclude us then we'll create our own thing and they were thriving they were like the equivalent of, of black millionaires like there were people that like owned planes like people were thriving and this went on for like i'm pretty sure like 10 years like it was like it was like a long long ass time anyway um what happened was <laughs> um what happened was, I'll give you the overview. I'm not a history expert, so please do your own reading. But um, some black man was riding an elevator with a white woman and she was like, he looked at me um, clutching her pearls. And um, already there was a lot of racial tension around that area because there were a lot of like poor white people who were, again, being ignored by our government because our government doesn't give a fuck about poor people. Um, and they were getting um, angry at the black people who were thriving, bless you. Because they were like, whoa, oh, whoa, you. how could black people be doing well? Because that means that's that's not fair. I'm white and I'm not doing well. So so they already had this like inferiority complex and in racism and anger. And then all they needed was like this one one white woman to complain. And that led to this huge race riot. And they just like burned the whole place down. And the police actually helped them burn it down. They helped them burn it down. They gave, they armed some of the people burning it down, and then they like arrested all these people, and then they basically said fuck. And you. this was in this was in the twenties. Yep, in the nineteen twenties, the roaring twenties. Yeah. It, so just to give, I mean, like the resilience of black people that like, okay, we're not really liberated, but we're we're we got to organize. We got to <laughs> organize, and from the time of like eighteen sixty five. To 1920 they started building these thriving insular communities only in response to the segregation that they're experiencing mm -hmm. and then white people burned that shit down they burned all of it down. yeah the, the looting the riots you know the stuff that you were mad at people doing to target <laughs> um white people did that and, and and a lot of people a lot of people died um real fucked up and that was one of the many many times that anytime black people were thriving that white people took them down you saw what you see it with like uh the day the police bombed a city street um the move atrocity in philadelphia how they um also with the black panther movement in california also with martin luther king like anytime black people tried to do anything they were killed they were shot that's the, the history um, of this country 
the move atrocity is as recent as 1985. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't and, even know about this. I didn't even know about that. I didn't even, I mean, Meg sent me like an article that's seven pages long and it's like, why? I mean, I feel like everyone, everyone would really value from, from knowing, you know, that it's like what we've been capable of because this is, this is just a, a policeman. This is a dude named Frank Powell, a Philadelphia police officer who got into a police helicopter with c4 explosives and um he he dropped them he reached out and i dropped it perfect it was going right where it was supposed to go and his target was the roof of these buildings a row of houses that had 13 black people that were all members of move a group that combined the black liberation struggle with back to nature environmentalism which yeah. now all we hear about is like did you know that um black farmers compose of one percent of the agricultural um demographic now you know like the the knowledge that black people have in the connection to the land is is now reduced to one percent, and it's like because when we tried to, when they try to grow food, you guys literally drop bombs on them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I now, mean, I mean, yeah. I don't even know what to say. So when that, so to go back, like the that's kids that's were burned alive in this bombing, like the kids. children. And this dude is um sick because then then um. You know, this this whole that's why this Amy Cooper thing is so significant, because that's it's a similar incident where somebody like Amy Cooper cried wolf. And next thing you know, they burned uh, Black Wall Street down in the 20s. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep. I mean, I mean, that's you know that you mean, you know, the story of Emmett Till, like you see it. No. Who's Emmett Till? Oh, that's a whole other. I don't have all the facts in my head, but it's the same thing. It's it's he was he was like a fourteen year old, uh, guy, black man, black boy, who was lynched because a white woman said um he was he raped her, but he didn't, and she came out like way later saying that it didn't happen. I hope these bitches are haunted for lifetimes. And they and they will be. Y'all will be. You need to you need to show the fuck up and do the work because you can you're you feel uncomfortable. We feel uncomfortable because you're uncomfortable. You know, like let's guide each other through through this shit and to some truth. To some truth because I mean that's the it's it's not sustainable. I mean, I'm feeling more and more like I I, still, I can't be around white people and it's at, you know, at least we have like cause now. Yeah, I know. This is the first time I'm like glad about the quarantine cuz I'm like I don't think I can be around. Like that's how my whole family feels right now just with everything going on. Like it's almost like this like exhaustion, you know, of like we don't like the other day we turned off a movie with all white people in it. We're like we can't even now. Nah. We can't do this right now. <laughs> like we're just oh my so god. fed up. Oh my god, my poor somebody asked me like, um, oh my god, have you seen Space Force? It's so funny. No. Girl, I turned it on, I burst into tears two minutes in and turned it off because I'm like, this is not even a parody. This is the world we live in. White men spending money on military shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I can't, I can't do it anymore. 
I just and I mean and I and I will say this again that I mean we are in such a place of um, power and privilege to to even be doing this podcast. Yeah, that's that's very true. That's very true. And um, I was I was actually feeling pressured about this episode. I'm like, oh my god, we have so much homework. <laughs> we have so much homework. Yeah, and we haven't even done. We haven't even scratched the surface. You know. And y'all, pl- like, please inform yourselves and start to, you know, to start to start to pay attention to the way in which people shut conversations down and the way in which you protect other people's discomfort. That's a very good sentence because I do think I protect other people's discomfort. Like all of this Crystalia stuff has really made me, and even just like, you know, writing again and being in like a corporate environment, it's really like heightened my awareness of just like how often, especially with white women, where I'm like so like trying to be this like positive, happy person, even though on the inside I feel exhausted and I feel tired, you know, like some of my friends have been like, oh, do you want to like FaceTime? And I like don't want to because I'm like, I just feel like I can only think about this one thing and I feel like exhausted and angry and all I can do is like read and take a break from it and like do something else. But like, I don't want to talk to you and talk about some bullshit thing right now. Like, I don't care, you know, and I don't know how to say that to someone who... You know, I go on Instagram for even five minutes and I see people posting about their dog or their selfies. And I'm like, I get I get it. I'm not like mad at them. But it's just like, how can you? It just makes me mad. I'm like, how can you even care about yourself? Right. You're, it makes me so mad. I'm like, do you not give a fuck about what's going on? Like we're living through like my friend, um, my friend's mom grew up during segregation in Georgia and she was telling him that this is crazier than that crazier than segregation desegregation in Georgia like she's like I've never I never thought I would live to see this in my lifetime so like that is a hallmark to like how in like what's going on right now is like like don't lose that steam like we can't lose the steam this all of this shit has to be done now Whew, and you're, you know, for those of you who are like, oh, my God, I'm feeling so many feelings. Great. Get a journal. You know, <laughs> don't pull a J. Cole. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't. Tell black women to watch their tone. Jesus Christ. I cannot think of a more tone deaf thing to say right now. God. Oh, all right. Well, I, donate I your money. Donate your money. Donate all your money. Uh, call. Call here. Can I just say the phone number on air? I'm just gonna say the phone number for anybody listening. Um, Who this, are we calling? What's his number? This for? is uh, the attorney general in charge of Breonna Taylor's case um, in Kentucky. The number is 502-696-5300. 502-696-5300. You can Google it. it. It's the first thing that pops up. Call it. Press one. Leave a voicemail and say arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. Beyonce wrote a letter. That's pretty cool, um, but it's we need it needs to be done. So donate your money, Just like that. petition. Just like that. Don't act like don't act like you're not on the phone all the damn time anyway. You know, make make phone. Call. Literally, it took me like five seconds. Like it took. It's so easy. You can do it too. Spend more time on Google and um, thank you, thank you for being here with us. You know, and we're all we're living in some really historical shit. So let's let's you know. Ra 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 together. Ra 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 ra